Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Welcome back to this week's episode of Inbound Agency Journey. This week, this is Gray, by the way, and I'm here with my man, James Robert Lay. And James Robert, before I get into and give away the agency name, A, welcome to the podcast, and B, let's start with, and you know what, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to let you take it from there. But So Digital Growth Institute, I'm really excited to talk about like the focus that you have and the story that you have. Um, so why don't you give us the background and then we'll kind of run through some of the highlights of your story of where Digital Growth Institute came from, DGI, and then uh, then like your personal story, how those two are intertwined. Yeah. So thanks for having me on today, man. I appreciate it, and I'm just I'm I'm excited just to share where I've been, so that and where and where we're going. Not for myself, but if I can just help other people avoid making the mistakes that I've made, shorten their time to success. Um, that's that's really what I want to do today. Um, so the background. Yes. Let's do, well, first of all, let's start here. You sent me over in a note, and you and I have chatted before, but 2002, a girl wasn't a real big fan of your punk rock band? What? Yeah, punk rock. Perfect balance, man. Uh, so growing up, I was, uh, I was kind of a bit of a nerd. I played in the <laughs> orchestra, and I played the viola. And when I graduated high school, I was like, I want a band. So I started this band, punk rock band, and... Um, emo punk and there's this girl so you weren't playing the viola i take it no i'm trying to to picture how those would go together yeah and believe it or not uh actually had liberty spikes and so this i did i did and now if i could get that hair back i would uh, (laughs) i would but uh so yeah so there's this girl and um she sent me down in the library one day and we were studying and she said you know your band you're not really that good. You really kind of suck. And um, I said, okay. Uh, and I like this girl. And I wanted to impress this girl. And I obviously wasn't impressing her with the, with the band and the music. I actually wrote a song for her too. And so she said, uh, you're not very good. You, you suck. I was like, okay, well, what, what should I do? She said, just, just do something with your life. And so I was like, okay. So I was taking a web design class. So I quit quit my band, sold off, pawned my band equipment off, and I started this web design company. And this was back in 2002, February 11th, 2002. And got a DBA, started working with like some local businesses. Got Probably like two years later, got into the financial services space and uh, really started to experience some, some, some pretty quick growth. And um, so 2002, 2006, ended up actually marrying that girl. And uh, so it all worked out. And, uh, it does, it does. And so we're now, uh, got the girl, got some beautiful kids and, and still have the business. And, um, it's been a, it's been a journey yeah. uh, along that way, but, uh, but sure. it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a learning experience, both good and bad. And it's one of those things that I don't believe that you can really fail 
I believe that you can only learn from your, your experiences right. and apply them. Now, if you don't apply them, if you don't learn, that's failure. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard. And, uh, and sometimes it does take a, a, a swipe at your confidence. And, um, and, but it, it just takes courage to get back into it. And, um, and you just have to keep put, pressing forward. And it, yeah. it's helpful when you have someone standing behind you who loves you and, and, and is there for you. I can attest um, to that. Yeah. And it's one of those, if, if, if I didn't have that support, both, you know, from, from my wife, uh, but then also just my, my, my kids and, and then the people here at this office and the clients, uh, we, we have to work together to keep everyone moving forward together. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. I think if you just own the choices that you make, take responsibility for that and what comes from that. I I agree. You're just kind of figuring out where we go. There's not necessarily like a right and wrong path to take. There's certain decisions that you make that are right and wrong, but I think just learning from it. So I want to spend the bulk of our time here today talking about where you guys are right now and kind of situation today. But you have a backstory that I think is going to be really helpful. So I wanted to hit on some of the highlights there. Um, sounds like things were going pretty well and growing and you've shared some of this with me before, but, um, you get a couple years down the road into the agency and struggled with the focus and exactly what you were doing. Do you want to walk us through kind of what happened and what changed? Yeah. So, uh, 2006, we got married. That's when really the business started to take off because at the time, I think it was like 2004 or five, I had a, you know, it was graduating, getting my MBA. And I started to look to, you know, go out and get a quote unquote real job. And I was like, I can do this myself at, at a minimum. And uh, 2007, 2008 started to bring people in. Uh, growth started to happen. And I was young. And um, I, I, I took on work, projects, clients that weren't necessarily a good fit. And it was probably chasing money yep. um, and not focused on providing actual value. And that caused a lot of conflict um, for me personally with, with just my wife my, and, and the, uh, things went along my kids, early, early years with kids. And it, we, personally, I had lost my focus. I had lost my way. And um, I needed to get some help from the outside. Because it's like, I think you get so far into things uh, you just can't see the forest from the trees. Yep. And um, I wasn't even in the forest at that point. I was probably in a cave in a forest. And um, so I brought in um, David Baker, who, mm -hmm. who another colleague of mine had worked with. And he was like, he helped me transform my business. And so David came in. Um, he kind of assessed the situation. And while we were at the time, we were still focused on financial services. We had literally become like a full service agency. And we just weren't staffed for it appropriately. I was bringing people in. They're good people, but bringing people in to just almost fill a seat, do a job. And it was like you had to keep – you had to get work so that you could pay these people. Right. And it was just this never-ending vicious cycle. It wasn't really well-planned or thought out. And so David came in. He said, like, look, let's just go back to like literally ground zero and like start over. I was like, yeah, start over. And that was scary, man, because um, you, you, at that time, you know, I had 10 years behind me mm -hmm. of, um, of, of quote unquote experience, but it wasn't the deep level experience that I knew deep down inside that I wanted to have 
so that I could help this industry, financial services, who is really still rooted in legacy systems, legacy thinking, transform themselves. And, um, and so that was a really, really hard, kind of like a very, very low period of my life personally. But, you know, having those people behind me to support me, um, having David come in and say, hey, there's a better future ahead, but it's your choice that you're going to make. And so I was like, you know what? Family or the business. And that's really what it had come down to. Hmm. Um, my, my wife was like, it's, it's a family or the business. And I said, you know what? It's, it's, it's going to be the family, but we're going to have to reinvent this business so that it can be built for, cause I was traveling and just, that was, right. you could say pretty much lost. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so 10 years in 2012, 2013, we went in, we refocused and we, we went really deep back into the financial services, but on a mission to simplify digital marketing so that banks and credit unions can continue to grow from good to great. And, um, that, that the reason that we did that was because we know that money impacts everyone's life. And, um, and, and banks and credit unions, we believe, have an opportunity to help, help people transform them, their lives because there's just, you know, about 50% of people uh, are still living paycheck to paycheck. Yep. And about uh, three-fourths of, 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 of people in the U.S. today have reported financial stress in the last month. <clears throat> yeah. We're wanting to help them overcome those challenges. Right. Well, I think that just, just kind of walking through like the, the valley that you went through, the, the challenge of that, I think that's a good point and something that a lot of people listening are going to resonate with. Just everything on the outside might be going well, you're getting new business, but inside it's just chaos and it's not, it's not worth it in the long term. So I think that's helpful um, to hear, just to hear yeah. the stories of like other people have gone through that and there is a way out. And the way out, Obviously, you brought in David Baker. He's been on the podcast before, um, and and he's a great resource. There's a lot of great resources to help people with this. But as far as the action steps that you guys took, obviously, you're doubling down on one specific industry. You're doubling down on – you talked about, like, simplifying digital marketing. What are the – so is it also – were you getting rid of certain clients, only, like, focusing on your marketing? Were you simplifying the service package that you were – offering like what are the what are the specific pieces i guess that you did that came out of the whole refocus activity yeah so you know we had to to get rid of clients who were no longer a good fit for what we were looking to do and that caused a lot of conflict yep um when you get rid of clients then you also have to shrink your staff down which that causes a lot of conflict and then you come back in and you have, because you don't have all of this quote unquote responsibility, that allows for reflection, that allows for clarity. Um, and you can, can, can then start to say, okay, where can we provide the most value for the financial services market at the time? And we've, we, we really quickly discovered there was really three paths forward. And we said, you know what, it's, it's gonna be built around training, um, be, because we're finding that when financial institutions or, or any industry really, um, who, who is stuck in legacy thinking, uh, legacy systems, they just simply don't know what they don't know. And they're really held back by three fears. It's, it's fear of the unknown first and foremost, then it's fear of change. And then it's fear of failure. And we believe that for, 
to help a client, to help an industry move forward, we have to address each one of those fears in a very methodical order. And so to help address that fear of the unknown, that's where training comes into play. The next area of this is, is obviously planning, um, helping them to assess their situation, provide them with, with clarity uh, and confidence to a clear path forward. And then we have the third is to help prevent that fear of failure, to help them overcome that fear of failure. That's where we move into more of what we call transformation or implementation. And uh, we're guiding them through the implementation of that plan. And, um, and so, yeah, so we, we, we look at that, you know, at a very methodical step-by-step. -step. For us, it all comes down to, to developing intellectual property, uh, IP. I think you guys talk about um, uh, game plans. Uh, we, we talk about a digital growth blueprint because it allows us to focus um, on nine specific areas. And when you have that focus, you can go really, really deep. And it's almost like peeling the layers of an onion back. Um, so you look at these nine different areas and you think, oh man, we've, we've, we've got this figured out. No, you don't. You just could keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you can apply that knowledge through these three different programs, training, planning, and transformation. And they all just feed continuously and, 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 and play off of each other there. So what you were just laying out there was um, that in addition to some other things, you guys really identified an exact client journey that you're going to take people through and what what does this need to what's the process we need to take people through in order to get them the results that they need and a lot of times creative agencies agencies in this space and i i talk to agencies all the time on demos or onboardings or folks who uh or just out completely outside the realm of doing bound just talking with folks in the agency space and we're so there's a tendency because it's a lot of creative people to think like we can't like process is almost like a dirty word to a lot of people thinking that if I follow a process, like I'm just going to get the same result time after time without realizing like process is exactly what you need to deliver the right results for people. And it's not going to be a stale. The process can be consistent and the output can be very, uh, very different or very targeted for what you're looking for. So I think that's, that's a helpful point. Just how you walk through how you guys have this whole process structured and client journey built out from the beginning. Yeah, the, the, the process does, it, it, it helps whenever we're talking with someone and they present with some challenges, it allows us to, to say, look, you know, we understand where you're at. You're not alone. This is what we're recommending based upon your situation. And then this is how we've actually applied this thinking for others. So it almost gives them confidence from the very beginning because they're, they're frustrated. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to things like digital marketing, digital growth, inbound marketing, um, in, a, in an industry that that is the kind of rooted around legacy thinking and systems, where do I begin? What do I need to do? And sometimes if you start talking about like, well, you need to do all this stuff, it's just cognitive dissonance. It's, it's information overload. And that increases that fear. And when you start to say, you know what, let's just start Let's just start here. Let's just give you some basic education, information, awareness of what the opportunities are. Before we even start talking about building anything, um, that, that says, okay, I can do this. So it's a really a step-by-step -step approach. And you're just guiding someone um, you know, from, 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 from this area of, of overwhelmment and concern. Say, you know what? There's, there's, there is a better future over here. Yep. I, one of the things I wanted to kind of dig into was a, around the training piece. And like the, the front end of your client engagements, <clears throat> one, it, for a couple of reasons, one, the onboarding thing just comes up time, and 
I guess a combination. Sales is a super popular agency struggle, and then onboarding. And I think a lot of times the reason those two get emphasized the most, obviously that sets up everything that sets up everything that your agency does for success. But two is if you lose people there, you don't ever get to the the far end of things where we we're talking about client retention and stuff like that. And the game plan training that we've developed, that's been super popular and um, and super helpful for agencies to go through and just kind of have here's the process for how we do it. But then I look at other agencies who've done this really well with a different take on it. Or, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the pieces, there's overlap. But what you do is highly specific for your audience and the whole method that you have. Can you walk us through, like, what that training looks like? How do you sell that? And then how do you deliver that front end of the engagement? So I'll, I'll kind of take a step back of, of where we, where, how we got to the point to where we're at today. So I knew very early on that training was going to be critical in at least just giving them the awareness to get the buy-in, to commit, to move into to an actual transformation or implementation engagement. Um, they just trying to sell that was just it's just too big, too much. So we actually started doing we took we took our blueprint and we broke it up and we have like nine different training modules. We started doing training in person at our offices in Houston. And those were typically held over about a one to two day event. We did that started three years ago. A couple of lessons learned that that if someone wants to go down the same path, don't do this at a hotel. It's just too much money. Um, and and it, do this, at, just rent some space for the day. I think Regis has a really great, yeah. uh, you know, you can rent a, a conference room for the day. Uh, but But start small. Because when we started doing these training programs, we actually developed curriculum for three different training programs. Okay. And it's just too much. Focus. Just focus on one thing. Um, we then took that. We got some feedback. And we said, you know what? Uh, people wanted to come. And it, it was like drinking from a fire hose. Because it was just so much new knowledge and insight. Overload. They were gaining a ton of value. But, but then they'd go back and it's like, well, what do I do next? And so we could let's how can we refine this process? We also heard, had people say they want to come, but they just didn't have the travel budgets to come spend two days with us. So, OK, so where we're at today is we've taken the same content. And this is this is this is the kind of the beauty of this is you develop all of this and you can just keep repurposing, repackaging. So when you develop training material, it's it's an asset that I believe has a very long sh shelf life and that you can begin to monetize this. Um, but you're providing value and, and, and because of your value, that's what people are paying you for. Um, so now we have the online training program. The way that we're doing this is we're running it uh, basically bi-weekly sessions. And so it's instead of drinking from a fire hose over a two-day period, we've broken this up into three, four-week semesters. And so semester one, you have one week of, of classroom and it's, it's online delivery and then the next week for those who want to pay a little bit more of a premium we do we offer uh, group coaching okay and so you you supplement or complement the classroom with that group coaching to dive a little bit deeper into you know these four or five student challenges and issues just for them and so what we're seeing is even through this delivery model uh, they're getting a ton of value it's at a much more digestible pace, um, but some are still coming back and saying, you know what, this makes a lot more sense. We have a lot more uh, hope and optimism for the future, but can you come back and help us actually do a formalized assessment for our situation to where you can give us recommendations just for us? 
And so that just helps to keep this, 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 I don't really like to sell. I just like to help first. Yep. Um, that helps us just continue to guide them through this journey because they have to self-actualize what will provide them with the most value. And that's one of the reasons I like when, when, when doing a discovery call, I just listen, um, and, and focus the conversation on, on, on this prospect. And then I say, you know what, based upon what you shared with me, I recommend a training program or I recommend a planning program. I never, ever recommend we just start moving into to transformation or implementation. Right. Uh, and that makes makes we get off that call and like, does this make sense? Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So that's kind of how we walk someone through yeah. this very very long journey. And it is it is it is a very long journey. I'm very clear up front. You know, you're, this is going to be 12, 18, 24 months for you to move through these different steps. Because if you move any faster than that, you're going to get frustrated. That was you just kind of preempted the next question I had, which was because so many agencies are you know we need cash today. Um, I want to sell the project regardless of whether I know exactly what needs to happen or not. Obviously, that's not the recipe for – we'd all say, yeah, it's not the recipe for success in the long run. Um, but to walk people kind of slowly through the process at their pace or, or to go at the right pace for them, what does – so how long is somebody typically in – is there like an average of how long someone goes through training before they're jumping into the next pieces in the in the process? So it really just depends on what type of training program that they're involved with because, for example, our training program can be really delivered three different ways. We have the, kind of like this online delivery with coaching that we're doing now. We've done the on-sites here in, at our offices in Houston where we only bring we only bring in about eight to ten people. We even keep okay. those small. Yep. Um, so, so it allows for a lot of facilitation and dialogue. Or we can actually take that and then go on-site and do training with a client. So how long it really takes, it, it just depends on what that delivery model or or methodology looks like. So it could be two days, right. um, right. on the, kind of the short end or six months. Yep. Uh, it's kind of how we're doing the online delivery program now. Cool. Okay. That's really helpful. Well, so I've got two more questions here before we, uh, wrap up. And the first one is like from where you guys are at right now. Um, I phrase this question different ways, but I always like to ask people like either what's something you're struggling with now or what's, um, What's an area for improvement or just a kind of a, a area of potential moving forward that you're trying to move into? So the, the, the area of opportunity that I look that I'm looking at today is is just managing growth in a much more positive way. We've really struck a nerve um, with with the financial services space. We're, we're providing a lot of value and I can just see, you know, we're 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 booked out now probably two to three months ahead, which is a nice quote unquote problem to have. Right. But at the same time, I'd like to kind of shorten that just a little bit. You had asked about uh, cash flow. Yep. Um, I've, I've been there. Um, I know the challenges. Shrink things down if you have to. Um, do things right. Don't grow fast. Grow, grow smart because when you grow fast, you, you don't have a strong foundation. Things are going to start to crumble and fall like it did before for me. And so now it's like, okay, we're at this precipice. Uh, we have some, we've created some demand. Um, we're, we're delivering, we're creating results, but now it's, okay, we have to grow the right way. And so I have found value always since, since engaging with David Baker, was it four or five years ago now, I have continuously almost every year worked with an outside coach, yeah. advisor, uh, in some shape, form, or capacity. I wish I would have done that from the very beginning. Hmm. Um, cause it, cause that just helps to shorten your learning curve. Um, 
But I mean, for us, it's it's looking at where we're, we've been, where we're at, where we're looking to go. And if, if, if someone said, well, what do, you, what do you do? And it's like, I would probably define out like really four things. We're probably researchers first, you know, continuously are just looking, being very curious. We even do our own research projects here for, for this industry. Um, we're education trainers, uh, teachers second. Um, we're, we're, we're planners third, and then we're advisors fourth. And as I said before, each one of these feeds off. And had you, had you asked me that question five or ten years ago, I said, we're, you know, we're creative people. We're web people. And no, we're not. We're, we're, we're researchers and we're educators. We're teachers first. And that's, that has to be what it is. There are so many agencies who are struggling now because the only position that they have is we're really good at web design. We're really good at PPC. We're really good at the individual tactical services, which are all – uh, one is like you, you won't always it takes a huge commitment to always be the best at that or be really good at that but two is it's just so commoditized and not focused to you know those are pieces that you need to do but all four of those things you know researching educating and teaching planning and advising those are all more strategic functions than they are uh, tactical functions and I think that that's the step up that a lot of agencies are struggling to make um that's cool to hear kind of how you guys have done that and approach that. It's this idea of education. Why I believe this is even more important is because as we continue to grow our team, we have to teach our thinking. We have to teach our perspective to, to new team members. And so once again, there's just another way to repurpose the content that we're using to help facilitate growth with clients. We can do the same thing. We, I want to, you know, I want to take a good person and empower them and make them a, a great person right. and, and allow them to work, you know, uh, within what a strategic coach they call their, their unique ability. And so, um, that's, that's why I keep coming back to this education component is such a key area for, for where we're at today. And I think where we're going to be for the next 50 to 75 years. Yeah. That's awesome. Last yeah. question for you. This one is, so we just talked about strategy. Now we're going to go down to the tactical level, the, the nitty gritty level, which is around, uh, tools, you have one or two kind of lesser known or they don't have to be lesser known, but tools that, uh, that you're a big fan of that you use on a daily basis. So two, uh, there's a, there's a tool called Workflowy. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's like a list, uh, platform, uh, to where I can just go in and make lists of lists and just keep, just, just dive down deep. It's where I keep all my notes. Okay. Nice. And, um, is that a Chrome extension or is it a separate, uh, or both? It's, I'm not sure if it has a Chrome extension. I just keep a, a, a tab open in my browser. Okay, cool. And then it's also, I have it also on my, my phone. Oh, nice. To where I think for me, is if I can get an idea out of my head and just put it somewhere, yep. I can just move on. Yep. Um, even, regardless if I actually come back and right, look at it. Right, go back to it. Yep, free so, up creative space. Yeah, so I use Workflowy for that. And then because I I speak a lot at different, different industry events, I use another platform called KeepVid mm-hmm. to where I can take YouTube videos uh, get those videos, download them, because conference uh, centers don't always have the best Wi-Fi, and yep. so I just I just keep everything downloaded and keep it local, uh, and, and and keep it allows me to do that, so I can add some humanity back in, into um into my presentations. Right, that's awesome. Well, James Robert, this has been you know, we we will have to do a part two at some point. There's a lot that uh, that we could have gotten into that we kind of breezed Anytime. over here, but um but really appreciate you coming on. 
and sharing. Why don't you just for folks all this, all the links and everything, we'll include all those in the show notes. But um, is the best website any any places you direct people other than digitalgrowth.com to uh, to either follow what you're doing or connect with you? Yeah, uh, Twitter at jrwlay or uh, just uh, Google me. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the other best place to connect with me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and spending time with us here today. Great, man. Thanks for having me.